I'm Bella Hilton and you're listening to the Miracles Happen podcast from Studio Fertility. This podcast explores the power of the mind, the mind-body connection and other supportive mindset techniques to help you to not only cope on this journey, but to thrive. In each episode, we'll do a deep dive into a different topic to explore the things that can support you in being more fertile, conceiving your baby, and make a huge difference to your life. You are powerful, and you have dreams. And when you get your mind on board with your deepest desires, well, miracles happen. everyone. I'm Bella Hilton, host of the Miracles Happen, discovering the power of your mind and emotions on the journey to conceiving your baby podcast. Well, um, spring is definitely in the air here in Australia and the sun has been heating up big time, which is nice to shake off some of those winter cobwebs. And I'd like to say that it's continuing, but today it is rain and wind. So if you do hear banging on this or some noise in the background, it is a little bit of wild west here at the moment. Um, But spring has sprung and I seem to have been getting quite a few pics and scans lately from my clients, which always makes me smile. It's, you know, flowers, nature, people getting pregnant, it all seems to fit together and it feels good. And while that is always my main goal with my clients, to see them, you know, get pregnant and have a baby, even seeing clients start to enjoy their lives again on the journey to actually being pregnant is so amazing to me because I truly believe that when we are given a challenge, like a fertility challenge, it's actually a platform for growth. It's been put in our path to help us to, you know, wake up to something that's going on in our lives that we've been ignoring. It can show us in our world where we're not free, you know, um, or where we've been ignoring things in our lives that we really need to deal with. And often dealing with those things creates greater freedom within your body and mind. And we're all about that mind-body connection. Because when we have resistance to anything, it goes in turn, um, it does in turn create stress within the body. You might not feel stressed, but that resistance is always ready to fire off at any moment. But we're so used to it, we, you know, maybe don't notice it anymore. And because we don't notice it, we don't deal with it. But like the book I'm reading at the moment, which is a bit heavy and I do not recommend it, but the title says it all. The body keeps the score. Your body has memory. So let me give you a personal example um, of this, of how the body keeps the memory. And for anyone queasy about blood tests or getting blood tests, please skip over this podcast because I do go into a bit of detail here and I don't want to give anyone any extra anxieties. That's not my intention. When I was about 17, I had a blood test and let's just say it didn't go well. Uh, For whatever reason, my veins were small that day and there were reasons. So please don't think this is going to happen to you. There were extenuating circumstances, okay? But the needle went right through the vein. Okay, maybe no one wants to hear all the gory details. Let's just say it didn't go well. And the body trauma I felt in that moment was real when it didn't go well, 
Okay. In fact, it was surprising to me. I thought I was going to, you know, like lose all my bodily functions at once, pass out and almost felt like I was going to die all in the same moment. It was a traumatic body experience. Now, the intense feeling quickly subsided and the whole incident was probably over pretty quickly, even though, you know, I was left with feeling drained and, you know, ashen and um, a bit weak. But now again, I was also left with this huge bruise all over my left arm um, from, you know, from the vein bleeding out in my arm a bit before it, you know, it healed pretty quickly. And then I had to go out and sit in the reception area, all dizzy with my huge bruise um, while I was recovering and freak people out who were waiting for a blood test. Now, I kind of thought that part was funny at the time, and I still think it's a little bit funny and a little bit mean on their part. But then I had also not completed my blood test, and I still had to do it that day. And you know what? I don't even remember that one, so I know it went well, and it didn't add to any of the trauma that I felt. I really remember uh, the first blood test, I don't remember any of the second blood test. Now, I've had many a blood test since then. Obviously, you know, having done IVF, right, I will have many blood tests, and for other reasons too. So blood tests don't bother me in the slightest. But at the same time, I have my little routine, right? I lean back in the chair, so if I ever get too dizzy, I'm not going to fall on the floor, and I don't look at the needle going into my arm because I've worked out that that can trigger me a little bit. I'm usually chatting away to the person or keeping nice thoughts in my head as it's happening. Now, when I was 17, I used to imagine a really nice ice cream, uh, you know, and a beautiful ice cream cone that I was just about to eat um, or that I would be able to get one after the blood test. And it helped every time. Now, in later years, I used to just relax and clear my thoughts and, you know, deep breathe or something. Now I don't even have to think about it because I am relaxed, right? But there is a part of me at the same time that isn't relaxed. Because guess what? I can't use my left arm to have a blood test. That was the arm where things didn't go well. Now I've tried because I'd rather use my non-dominant hand because I'm right-handed and sometimes how the rooms are set up, it would be much easier to do my left arm, right? Sometimes we have to shift everything in the room um, and it makes it quite complicated. But let me tell you, it took me a little while to realize this, but if I use my left arm now, over 20 years later, even with good veins, even when things go perfectly, um, you know, needle goes perfectly into the vein I'm most likely to pass out or at least get so dizzy to the point of nearly passing out right my body has a physical reaction now I haven't tried it for about five years I think but the rem I remember the last time I actually tried my left arm I had to lie down for about half an hour to recover like, and it left me feeling weak and ashen all day but my right arm I am in and out in two seconds and everything is fine and I get on with my day and there is no dizziness. Though every time I go in there, it crosses my mind. <laughs> now, this is quite a physical example, but the body can keep the score over other mental things as well, such as thoughts and beliefs, because the mind tells the body how to react. For example, take the teenager who's constantly reminded 
that having a baby young will ruin their life. Or the teenager whose mother had her young and keeps saying to her it will ruin her life if you have a baby young. Or the teenager who, whose mum had her young and they saw their mum work so hard that they made decisions for themselves that having a baby young will ruin their life, right? Now, is any of it true? Absolutely not. Having a baby in your teens or in your 20s, 30s, 40s does not ruin your life. Some people could have a baby right at any age and it would be great. And some people could have a baby at any age and it would be a total disaster. Age is inconsequential, but how we learn things, code them in our brains and train our bodies to respond is where the consequences lie. So if we perceive having a baby young is a bad thing, then that can pervade your whole body and thoughts and your body will hold that memory. The body has memory and the body keeps the score. We may not be consciously aware of it, but our unconscious knows exactly what is going on. So why do you think this is? Well, the unconscious mind is designed to protect you and it remembers past threats. If a baby is a threat to survival, which is what the brain will hear, not having a baby young is a threat to survival, but if having a baby is a threat to you know, survival, then how likely are we to prioritize it in our body? How likely is your body going to go, your body going to go, yeah, having a baby is a great idea. No, it's going to go, babies are bad, let's not have a baby. Now emotions this raw and reactions this visceral and physical are usually probably stuck in our emotional limbic brain. So these emotions haven't been processed fully by our rational logic uh, logical and thinking brain. So the body still thinks it needs to be on high alert to this threat. It still needs to protect you from this threat. This shows us in our nervous systems where we are not free. And my question to you is, where is your body still keeping score? Where is your body kept on high alert or protecting you? And is it a daily thing? Because when our bodies are kept on high alert, they are under undue stress and our body will not prioritize things like fertility when we have other threats to deal with. Now, often I find this is somewhere in our past, right? And when it comes to fertility, it may have something to do with fertility directly. Lessons you've learned, like having a baby young will ruin your life. Or maybe some stats you've heard or learnt along the way that you're afraid of, like maybe, you know, everything after 35 goes downhill. Or being fearful of pregnancy itself, right? Maybe you know someone who had a bad pregnancy and it really affected you. Or maybe giving birth really terrifies you, frightens the bejesus out of you or something. Or it could, uh, could be to do with maybe our sexuality, particularly if there's some past sexual abuse. Um, how can I keep myself safe? How can I keep a baby safe if I bring it into the world? Or maybe something that seems completely unrelated, like we don't know how we will manage a career and a baby at the same time because we felt neglected by our parents growing up because their focus was on their career or something along those lines. So you can see how all of this can come about just by decisions and thoughts and beliefs that we've made. 
Unconscious fears and threats to us can be the cause that stops some women from falling pregnant. Now, not everything will. I still have my blood test issue with my left arm, but that only raises its ugly head when I have a blood test, which isn't very often. And I don't use my left arm, so it's not a bother, but I still do think about it. But it's never stopped me from conceiving, okay? So not everything is going to be the cause. But when we have perceived threats to our existence or well-being, the body and unconscious mind does go into protection mode. You know, this is seen in phobias. The threat may not be real, but it's encoded in that person's brain as very real. And this is seen in traumas in both big and small. So not everyone needs to have you know, experienced PTSD to have experienced a trauma in life. And these other traumas are often called, you know, little T traumas. Uh, My blood test, for example, that went wrong would be classed as such. But they can have profound effects on our bodies. Like my arm, it still remembers. Knowing how to actually work through these things, these fears can be hugely beneficial to not only our lives overall, So a win on that front, but can allow that energy to be redirected to other parts of your body like your reproductive organs and hormones. And I see it all the time with my clients because the body no longer has to be on alert for those things. When we stop living in opposition to things and start living in flow with things, it makes a huge impact on our bodies. So, you know, I work with my clients to remove the resistance they have to things because I know it well, improves their lives and it calms their nervous systems and it reprioritizes that energy to other parts of the body. The body has memory and the body keeps the score and it happens at the unconscious level. So when we delve into our unconscious thoughts, feelings, beliefs, emotions, um, then we can start to unravel the pieces that can get you further on your fertility journey. But we dismiss a lot of these things by either learning to cope with them or by telling ourselves, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm not fine. (laughs) I remember when I was learning to um, ride a scooter, for example, and I wasn't confident to ride it because, you know, I still had my L plates and there was some, uh, I I was going to ride it to work that day and there were some, some construction guys walking along in the car park at the time. And, you know, I was just kind of self-conscious enough um, that, you know, I felt like I had an audience and I didn't want to appear like a newbie writing it. I wanted to appear confident for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was a pride thing. So I took off too fast and I hit a wall instead because I couldn't turn in time, which does nothing for uh, your pride, actually. <laughs> so this audience, I didn't want to appear like an idiot in front of, well, I ended up looking like a, a right idiot, and they had to come to my rescue, etc. right? So I created my greatest fear. But anyway, they helped me put the bike back because I was injured, and I couldn't ride it now um, because of my injuries. And all the time I'm saying, I'm fine, I'm fine to them. They're going, oh, why don't you try after we leave? And I'm saying, well, my leg's injured, but I'm fine. And then I went upstairs to my husband all the while saying to these nice people helping me, I'm fine, I'm fine, while tears rolled down my face. 
And again, I went into my husband and I told my husband that I was fine whilst I continued to cry. And I told him I would just drive the car to work because despite being injured, um, I thought I could drive when I actually couldn't drive. And I went into shock mode and convinced myself I was fine, right? I was not fine and my husband knew better. But once I had calmed down, he took me to work and I realized I wasn't fine. Now, for many other things in our lives, we have convinced ourselves also that we are fine about them because we have learned to cope with them maybe through the passage of time. But if we truly picked at it, we would discover we're not fine. And most women I come across on the fertility journey when it's taking its sweet-ass time to happen, are not fine. They are fudging their way through each day, but they are not fine. Like by way of another example, I was watching David Letterman. Uh, David Letterman's uh, the show My Next Guest Needs No Introduction on the weekend on Netflix. And it was the one of Kim Kardashian because I was trying to find something new to watch and I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. And I found it so interesting when she started talking about um, the time when she was in France a few years ago where people broke into where she was staying, um, bound and gagged her and tied her up and essentially stole her jewellery. Now, the way she described it from her emotional point of view, the thoughts that went through her head, what she experienced, I mean, she would have been terrified and she teared up during the interview and wondered why she did. She was like, oh, I've spoken about this before. Why am I crying? But then she went on to say that now she only feels safe sleeping with six security guards outside her place. And that's just her new reality. Now, to me, that is just coping. But she is not fine. Now, I say this because in reality, she might have needed to beef up her security. Like, that might be the result of what happened, making her aware that um, maybe there are some holes in our security, uh, given that I post everything about our lives on Instagram. But it was the way she said she can only sleep now with six security guards outside her door and her body language and tone on this is just my new reality now told me that this is not a person who is now fine And I get it. I totally get it, right? But the body has memory and the body keeps score and her body will now be triggering fight or flight every night at bedtime, I suspect. And her sense of safety only comes from six security guards rather than, you know, um, putting on the security guards because they discovered they had a hole in their um, security. She doesn't feel fine just in, in and of herself. Now, if you want to truly calm your nervous system and allow your hormones to balance naturally, find out where your body is still keeping score. Thanks for listening today, and I look forward to talking with you next time on the podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at Studio Fertility or on Facebook at Studio Fertility, or you can contact me through my website at studiofertility.com, and I look forward to talking with you next time. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Miracles Happen podcast from Studio Fertility. If you like the show and you want to check out more podcasts, just head to studiofertility.com slash podcasts or you can leave us a review. When it comes to conceiving your baby, we're going to leave no stone unturned. 
So join me next time where you will get more insider knowledge that currently only my clients have access to. And let's get your dreams back on track.